0: I want to welcome all of you and all those on Zoom and all those who will be watching later on YouTube or listening on podcasts. This is a beautiful day in the West Michigan area. I got up this morning and I was just in awe of how great it is, you know, and I got here and I was even in more awe and we played that worship set and I got even more odd. So I guess I'm awed today, also known as odd. But- <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord help! <laughs> so what you get out of worship set, or praise set, or music set, however you want to define it? What'd you get today?
1: Peace. You say that I uh, I like you think of about a lot of sculptor sculpture where they chip away at the stone to reveal what's inside. And I can honestly say that's what I got, is the hammer and chisel were chipping away some of the excess stone to reveal my wholeness. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That's
2: cool.
0: That's a very good summary. Somebody top that. Come on. (laughs) I dare you. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be a wild day. I went kayaking yesterday, so I'm like supercharged, so...
2: I don't know if I can top, Stuart's, but uh, I like the line. I don't. I think it was the first song where they said, the altar changed to a table. And it just kind of got my wheels turning and thinking about that. Like so many things changed when Jesus did the work that he did. And, you know, maybe that's just another thought process for me to, to look at. Good. Altar
1: changed to a table.
0: Nice. I like that. Anybody else? You know what? Too quiet. I'm going to have to start calling on people. I just can feel it in my bones. You know, that's that's the joy of having gone to law school and learning under the Socratic method. You can now teach under the Socratic method, which is all about asking questions.
2: So the last song. Yes. the I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and I'm in you, and you're in me. It just amplified for me the oneness that we have in each other. Yes. And that's cool.
0: I think you read your assignment for today because it talks about we're all one in Ephesians 4.
2: I did read Ephesians 4 this week. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good. It's good. It is weird having you sitting there. I got to tell you. I'm nervous. so used
3: to you, makes you nervous. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> <laughs> you got
2: him on his toes today. I,
3: I've succeeded so far. <laughs> I'm on my toes. <laughs> oh,
0: all right. So we've been in Ephesians chapter four. If you, you know, we talked about, you know, the ministry gifts. We've talked about. Paul's Theology, there's a section on unity. And I, hey, Ron, hey, Ron, I want to talk about unity for a minute, and then we're going to... How do we reach the unity of faith? Are we be nervous. <laughs> Everybody, if you don't know, that's Ron.
1: Say hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. Hello, oh, everyone. Hi, Gary. Hey, Ron. <laughs> we won't look it up, but we
3: won't look this way at <laughs> all.
0: You're going to teach next week. Gonna... Unity of faith. How do we... What is unity of faith? 40,000 plus denominations of, of Christianity. How do we get to unity? And by the way, Don has a re- great book, The Gospel Free From Doctrines. I recommend it. If you haven't read it, let me see if I can hold it up. The gospel, yeah. Free from doctrines. You know why we have 40,000 plus denominations? Everybody's got an opinion as to what the gospel is. So to get
2: to unity of faith. We
0: need to let go of our opinions. We need to let go of our opinions. That's a good one. Or, if we don't choose to let go, then we have to choose to respect others' opinions. That's what, or respect
1: you can do that? <laughs> 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 hmm. Wow. That one's got <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you
0: let go or respect others' opinions. But if we're going to boil the gospel down to the core so that we all can get on the same page. I'm going to tell you what Don says. I may have told you last week, but you know, some things are just worth repeating. Paul taught what? What did Paul teach?
2: Christ crucified? Yep. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to?
0: Oh, that's supposed to be different color. How did they do that? Yes. Yeah. Christ crucified. Also, you can say Christ is Lord, right?
1: What else? What's the greatest command? Uh, Love.
0: If we were to teach Christ is Lord, embrace Christ as Lord, and then the greatest command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, what would happen if everybody came to that page and then respected any nuances that we had?
3: Unity.
0: Unity. Yeah, right there. Unity of faith. We've made it complicated. Seriously. We, we embrace what we think is the nuances of these, and then we get hardened. If you don't believe my nuance,
3: then I'm going to reject you. Greg. Give you an example in the uh the classes watched this week. Okay, talk up. In the classes I had with Bethel, listening to Bethel, Chris Valentin came up and said, I'd just like to thank whoever put that sticky note on my chair when nobody was here that says I'm blaspheming God. Oh. He says, uh Prophet wouldn't. He says, Oh, well, he's He's more sarcastic than I am, and he said something about being a real prophet and got a chuckle out of it, and we talked about it later in our group, and somebody really did do that. It wasn't, he just didn't make that up. Somebody did, during his message, said, you're blaspheming God, and had to put a sticky note. So you want to talk about breaking unity. Yeah. Yeah. And then we wonder why...
0: People who haven't awakened to grace yet look at us and go, oh, you're one of those. And they reject us because in large circles, because of our differences of opinion, we become hypercritical of each other. And they go, why would I want to be part of that group? But if we come back to love, (laughs) love your neighbor as yourself. what did what did Jesus say we his disciples would be known by their
3: love. <laughs> by
0: their love not by their doctrine not by their judgment by their love and isn't that what the gospel of grace flows out of is the love of God yeah yeah and here's what happens though I mean <laughs> You know, we 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 we're loving people the best we can, and then someone comes up to us and says, you know, you're you should really and I saw this on online this week, I saw this on a post this week. I really wonder if you're saved. Because you don't believe like I believe. Mm -hmm. Well, thank God I don't believe like you believe. I believe like God believes. Doesn't he love everyone? Doesn't he want the best for everyone? Doesn't he speak kindly for everyone and to everyone? Doesn't he lay out plans for us that are good? So why would I want to adopt your judgment of me? You think your judgment of me is going to change me? Nah. I don't think so. And I don't think uh, someone's judgment of you should change you. It's not judgment that changes us. It's the kindness of God, expressed in love, that opens our heart to greater depths and we change as a result of inside out actions. Can you all breathe? I mean, it wasn't that Mm -hmm. profound. So here's a
2: thought.
0: Yeah.
2: If I'm struggling to love somebody, because of the oneness that we are, it's a reflection of me struggling to love a part of myself.
0: Yes, that—that's profound. I'll give you a gold star for that.
3: One. What did she? What did you just hear her say? Well, if you take Jesus's commandment and reverse it, you have to first love yourself before you can love somebody else, and. I think you'll attest to this as we find when we used to do a whole lot of counseling, the biggest thing that bothered somebody was the biggest thing they saw in themselves that angered them when they saw it in somebody else. So they took it out on others. Oh, yeah. They projected, right? Because they didn't have a full
0: understanding of their I- identity. I'm going to correct me if I spell wrong today. <laughs> good to have, good to have you back.
2: Yeah, I think miss you, Linda. <laughs>
0: Love requires us if we're gonna if the more we are going to love easily, the more we have to embrace who God says we are.
1: Stuart, who does God say you are? He said, I am created in his image with his abilities and powers and ability to love and ability to receive and ability to go through the world sowing seeds of love, reaping harvest of love. And most of all, to enjoy his love and to enjoy the spreading of his love. Yeah. Sorry for the dissertation. That's okay.
0: I called on you, didn't I? (laughs) I know what I get when I call on you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So Paul tells us in chapter 4, verse 17. My most urgent, and I'm reading out of the mirror. My most urgent appeal to you and the Lord is this. You have nothing in common with the folly of the empty-minded masses. The days of conducting your lives and affairs in in meaningless ways are over. Now, if you look at from the New Living translation, I actually like the New Living really well for these sets of verses. With the Lord's authority, I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. What kinds of things would cause people to close their minds and harden their hearts?
4: Lack of
2: love.
0: Lack of love. Good.
2: Lack of understanding.
0: Okay. Lack of understanding. Rejection. Yeah. I like that one too. Judgment. Rejection. Judgment. You guys are going faster than I can write, so bear with me.
2: Guilt. Sounds like a lack of unity.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hang on. Judgment. Guilt. Lack of unity. If I don't feel connected, if I don't feel accepted. If I feel judged, what am I going to do? Oops, there's a G in judgment. Hang on. I got it before Linda did it. because you're standing in
4: front of it and I can't see. Okay,
0: well, I'll get out of the way. If I don't have a sense of love, or if I don't feel that I understand, if I feel rejected, if I feel judged, if I have guilt, you can even add shame and condemnation into that lack of unity, where do those things come from? If if God says it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, if He says love your neighbor as yourself, where do these things come from? Darkness. Fear, fear, darkness. Fear. <laughs> let me let me break it down this way: Are you created to be interactive with others? Yes. Yes. What's the language of interaction with others? Love. And the minute I step out of the language of love and start doing one of these other things, what am I doing to you? I'm pushing you away and telling you you're not good enough to be in connection with me. And so you go looking for love in other places. And if I'm looking for love in other places, Then I'm going to find things like a mind full of darkness. And isn't that what happened instantly when Adam transgressed? Darkness settled into the mind. They lost the sense of God's love. They lost the sense of who they are. They lost their own identity. And now they began looking for love and looking for a way back to God in their own ways and means. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you look for God in your own ways and means? 40,000 plus denominations. Sometimes even some cults come into play.
1: And 614 rules or whatever to define your right. Yes,
0: the Ten Commandments and 613 rules to define the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Gotta love it, don't you? It.
4: Something just dawned on me when you said when Adam transgressed, He became darkened in his mind. Yes. Now, a lot of the doctrine out there today says that we are all, we have all transgressed and we are all separated because of what he did. However, the mind is your own entity. So that doesn't hold water because I would have to have that mind of Adam. But my mind is my own.
1: Yes. But Paul Paul says to change your mind.
4: Exactly. Because we're told that we're so bad.
1: We're conditioned.
4: We're we're conditioned. So we need to change our mind to get back to where we were at the beginning
1: before Adam. But but the only way that you can change your mind is is the love of grace, of, of understanding what God Needs you to understand. It's, it's that simple. And well, it's, that. Yeah. He has yeah. to awaken us to it. Yeah. He has
0: to awaken us to his love. And then once we are awakened to that love, we can embrace it.
4: But my, my point is we are not born with Adam's mind. Correct. We are born with our own mind. Correct. So that doctrine that says we are born just like Adam is incorrect.
0: Correct. And that's part of some of those 40-some-thousand yeah. denominations. We don't yeah. have an Adamic nature. We never have but we've been taught that we did. And so as we've been taught that we did, then everything that we have done, we've judged by that, and we believe that to be the Adamic nature, and therefore, we're depraved. But it's deeper than a lot of the, you know, you could say love, 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 it's the, you know, what we all strive for, but we are conditioned to be
1: accepted. Yes. Everybody strives to be accepted, and that's a tough nut to crack, in today's world. It It sure
2: is. And and
1: we have our history, our past, the way we were brought up, the way we interact with other people yesterday, today, Mm -hmm. tomorrow. And so I think that's how most people live. They just have this need to feel accepted.
0: Yeah, well, I I think that's part of how we were created. God, God wanted us to know he accepts us. But when we lose track of that or the sense of that, then we're looking for acceptance from everywhere else. And that becomes a path and a journey that can lead to all kinds of things. But when you awaken to the fact that you're created by God, he called you by name before the foundation of the universe. He pumped you full of his joy and his peace and his life and his love. And then says, by the way, I love you. Walk in that. That begins to change some of that programming. It takes a while though, because we're so steeped in it. But you know, ten years ago, none of this was even on my radar screen. It wasn't. And then today, I wake up and I'm going, "Yeah, it's another day. It's a great day." I even posted, "It's a good day in West Michigan" on Facebook. So that it's you know, what? Let me tell you what I said. This is how inspired it was. Today. You know, you know how Facebook will inspire you, right?
4: <laughs> I
0: don't oh, my it. Uh, let me see if I can find what I posted. Where Okay, Mr. Heist, where did you post yourself? Um, how do I find myself, Carol? Oh <laughs> uh, that opened up the camera. That did open up the camera. All right, here we go. Here we go. Did you find it?
2: Uh,
0: well I found my page, but I haven't found my post yet, so. It's a good day. It's a it's a good God kind of day in West Michigan. Sunshine, temperatures in the seventies, Fahrenheit, and the gospel of grace is proclaimed. What more could could ask for today? What more could I ask for today?
5: So the word that keeps coming to my mind is conformity.
1: Conformity. Conformity to what?
5: If we don't conform to what the culture says we should be, then then we're actually darkening our own minds. Because we we are, each of us, unique in Christ.
0: Yeah, yeah. Conformity can be a problem. I mean, the demand for conformity, oh my gosh, does that sound like our society today? The demand for conformity? Absolutely. You know what? If you don't conform, it's okay. Because if you're walking in the love of God, you're walking in the truth of your own identity, that's a good thing. But the problem is, as we were just saying, and I'll come back in a minute, the Gentiles are hopelessly confused. So the only hope for the Gentiles is what? Jesus is Lord. How do we get there? It's the kindness and love showing to them. So they say to you, how come you're so different than the society I find myself in? How come you're so different than everything I know about religion? And that begins to happen the more we begin to see people as Christ in them, whether they're awakened to it or not, because that's what the cross objectively did. Subjectively, some people are not awakened to it yet. They're not my enemy. They're not your enemy. Our prayer is, God, light them up. Let the light come through That's that's been steeped into the darkness. Doesn't John chapter 1 say the light overcomes the darkness? except when I start speaking darkness. When my tongue contains more darkness than light, I'm going to get darkness in my life. And that's the way I used to, used to talk, and that's the way I used to teach. Ah, oh, not anymore. Every one of you is filled with enough light to change the culture in your community. hundred people can change a million people. When they're all on unity, and when they're in the unity of Christ, Christ crucified in love, when that's our basis, and we start speaking light, we start speaking love, 100 of us can change the community we live in. You were going to say something. Do you remember? (laughs) I
2: keep looking at verse 13. I know it's back. Well, before what we were talking about today, but verse 13 out of the mirror says the purpose of these ministry gifts, which what you've been talking about last year, I mean, is to present everyone on par and in oneness of faith, believing exactly what the Son of God believes and knowing accurately what he knows concerning us, standing face to face in equal stature to the measure of the completeness of Christ. And the word completeness comes from a word that I can't pronounce, but it says it means a life filled to the brim with Christ. So even to, to start with is from to just meditate on the fact that my life is filled to the brim with Christ. I always thought I had to get there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I always thought somehow I had to obtain this, this fullness, this filling. But that's not what it's saying. It's saying we are to um, present everyone on par. In other words, we're to we're to present to you, to the people we know, that the Christ that's already within them and And to focus on believe in, I guess, meditate on the that I am filled to the brim with Christ. And when I recognize that, all that other stuff falls away, fades away. Um,
0: change from the inside. yes,
2: out. you change from the inside out instead of trying to put all these rules on what you can and can't do and what you can and can't think
0: mm-hmm.
2: and what you can and can't believe. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and then that's what Paul, and when Paul's talking about in verses 17, 18, and 19 about the Gentiles, the darkness that they have, the closed minds that they have, the hardened hearts that they have, those are all, those are all, in a sense, programmed positions from life experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I had some fear growing up because my dad had arm muscles bigger than my thigh muscles, and I've had some big thigh muscles in my life. Still do. But my dad slung a a concrete sledgehammer, 15-pound sledgehammer, for a couple of years, breaking concrete. And when my dad barked, I shrunk because it was intimidating. And I remember when I was 17, trying to decide if I had the, the guts to take my dad on. And when I realized his arms were still bigger than my thighs, I went, nope. And I was bench pressing 280 at the time. I didn't think I could take my dad. Now, did I conform out of love? No, I conformed out of fear. But I was taught that. And then Paul, he's talking about all of these things in, in 17, 18, and 19. And in verse 20, but he goes, but that's not what you've learned from Christ. So there's a learning curve in Christ that reverses all of that. That reverses the darkness, reverses the hopelessly confused minds, the hardened hearts. And since, and he says in 21, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature. That's an intentional act on our part. We've talked a lot in here about intentionality. Paul says, God is, he's reversed all of that. Now choose, be intentional about your choice. Let the love of God transform you from the inside out and then let it spill over to the next person and to the next person and to the next person. You let it spill over. You're not responsible for changing anyone's heart. The author and finisher of our faith, that's his responsibility. Jesus is Lord. It is his responsibility to change hearts, not yours. Your responsibility is to live in love. The gospel of grace is living the life of love. Linda.
4: I'm keep coming back to the mind, the mind of Christ. And yes, we need I'm not so I'm not so sure that it's that we need to well we do Linda, but I want to say this. We need to awaken our minds to our, our true identity from which we came and changing that is simply an awakening to who we already are
0: right and who institutes the awakening
4: spirit yes so i come i come right back to the mind again we're not born with that mind we're born with a mind of christ
1: Mm -hmm.
4: so it's not that is that we just need to be awakened
0: to that. Yeah. yeah. Let me lead, read verse 23 out of the mirror. And then I'm going to read out of the New Living. Be renewed in your innermost mind. Ponder the truth about you as it is displayed in Christ. Begin with the fact of your co-seatedness. This will cause you to com- be completely reprogrammed in the way you think about yourself. Oh, Let me read it out of the other version before I go where I want to go. This is, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. As you begin to awaken, you can embrace it or you can reject it. If you reject it, you're going back to darkness. But it'll come around again. Because the Holy Spirit has never never stopped working on us. Never stopped wooing us. Yes.
2: So that goes back to what Stuart said earlier about the sculpt sculpture. You see the you see the block of marble or whatever. The end product is already inside there. Yes. You just have to remove everything that's not.
0: Yes. Yes. And and you go to the grocery store. Oh, let's go back to Starbucks. You know how I love theology at Starbucks. You go to Starbucks and you encounter the barista having a bad day do you see the Christness the the greatness of the creation of Christ in this person and love that person or do you back up and go I think I'm going to go to another store your choice patients at the hospital struggling in great pain can you have compassion for them? Can you see the fullness that God created them to be and then conform your thoughts and your prayers to calling that out, even in the midst of where they are? Some of the songs we listen listened to today go on through maybe some things, but there's still this great plan that God has that he's calling us deeper into. And we're in that season of transition, I think, In the grace community, I think we're in a season of transition where we're transitioning from who we are. We now know who we are. Now, how do I use that to impact? And I don't do it by trying to persuade someone to think like I do. Remember Don Keithley has talked about over the years how many times did he try to convince someone he was right about grace only to get the door slammed in his face. And finally he goes, hey, if they're not ready, I'm not going there. When they're ready, they'll ask. I'm just gonna love people in the meantime. How many can just love people? No hands today. Wow. I I got I got got my work to do. (laughs) Let me try this again. How many of us can at least a little bit love somebody today?
1: (laughs) You know, I can honestly say that pre grace, my understanding. I talked to one, two, three, maybe four people a year about God. I wasn't very evangelical, and I was highly ineffective when I did. And since I understood grace and understand that Christ is died for all people, and when he did, he made them righteous, now... I find that I talk to one, two, three, four people a day, and that it's just so easy. I was talking to a lady on the phone the other day. She was scheduling an appointment. I said, you know, I have a word for you if you're interested. She says, what is it? I says, you've been judged. You've been judged righteous." She had no church background whatsoever, so all I could see is like this big giant potato peeler sticking in the ground and planting this huge seed of love. Because what is she going to take that home? You know, now when God sends the next person along, there he said, "I've been judged righteous." Yeah. What a seed to plant! Yeah, and if I hadn't had that concept of Christ died for her sins, deemed her righteous. I wouldn't have been able to say that three years ago. I wouldn't have said that to yeah. her. You probably would have judged her. I just wouldn't even have, if I yeah, I would have judged her and not paid any attention. Yeah. But it's just the idea that this is how we change the world. This is this is the manifestation to me, the manifestation of Christ because we're planting seeds and seeds grow. Yeah. Yeah. Go
0: to verse 25. How many of you got your word? Your Bibles, electronic Bibles. I'm going to let you get there a minute. Ephesians 4.25. I have to stop so the board can refocus. I think the camera can't handle all my color. It keeps changing focus. Verse 25. Let me know when you... Show of hands when you get there. All right. This is out of the New Living Translation. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body.
1: Ooh, What does that mean? We're all parts of the same body. How do we know those neighbors are saved?
5: (laughs) It's not our place to figure out if they're saved or not. We're just supposed to show love. Yeah, Linda, you got
0: it. What does it mean that we're all part of the same body? What's the implication of being all parts of the same body? Now, if you remember in verses, the first part of the chapter, the first six verses, one God, one Lord, one body, Father of all. So if we're one body, all connected, what happens when Terry has a meltdown day for the rest of the body?
5: The rest of the body melts down.
0: The rest of the body's going to feel the implications of that. Why? Because I'm sending out energy. Remember, quantum physics is telling us that our thoughts have power, they are energy. And when, when the words of my mouth are energy, and when I'm having a meltdown day and I'm just kicking up a storm, both in thoughts and words, and maybe deeds, who knows? I call Ron and say, Can I get a massage? <laughs> but before I get there, I've melted down. And I'm sending out, I'm spewing out energy, negative energy, and people are going to know it. Somewhere, it's going to affect somebody. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: So when we have 43,000 plus denominations, with every one of them sending out their own vibe, it creates confusion. It creates, at an energy level, disruptions, ups and downs, and all arounds. And it's hard to feel love at that moment because there's all of this negativity. Remember when we we had the initial stages of the pandemic and the shutdowns and all of the negative energy that we you know tried to get us. Remember those? Gretchen became the poster child for the dartboard. <laughs> That's negative energy. And where my energy flows, it tends to persist. So if I'm sending out negative energy spiraling down in the process, how how many of you know when you're spiraling into negativity, deep negativity, it's hard for you alone to come out of it? You need someone else to come around and say, well, what what is this for? Is that really what you want? My life is great. Is that really what you want? When I'm spiraling, she goes, is that really what you want? Do a double take. Well, no. No. So we need each other to balance that out. And we need to realize that I impact, whether you're here or not, I impact you in my week. I need to realize that. And I need to take, Paul says, I need to be intentional and take responsibility about that. To live in love. The response is to live in love. And so when I'm having a a bad day, I go, wait a minute. After Carol has Mm -hmm. gently prodded me out of it. She's good at that, by the way. um, I can actually say, that's not what I want. That's not Christ. That's not Christ's likeness. So I then can send love instead. And I can cancel out the negative energy by saying, no, I, I choose love. I choose the path of love. And I'll tell you, there are days when it's hard. Used to be some of my hardest hours of the week was the hour I was mowing my lawn. Because all of that negativity would surface. Because it's sort of a monotonous thing to mow the lawn, right? And so all of that negativity would surface. But in the last couple of months, none of it surfaces anymore. Which tells me I'm further down the road in, in in love than I was even last summer. Last summer was a tough summer, right? Complaining is to the devil what praises to the Lord. Complaining is to the devil what praises is to the Lord.
1: Okay. I like that. It's
0: a good. That's a good reminder. It's a good reminder. All right. Let me. Let me hear what you guys are thinking. I have more, but let me hear what you guys are thinking, both here and online. Thoughts, comments, starting online. Let's go to Muriel, then we'll go to Gary, and then we'll go to Linda.
2: My mind just went blank. I've just been <laughs> absorbing what you've been saying. Uh, it's, Is it good? Uh, it's
0: yeah. all good. Oh. You, feel, you feeling peace?
5: There's growth there, for sure.
0: Uh, all right. You feeling love? i feeling the love. Feeling the love. All right, then it's in the right direction. Gary, to me, it's it's just a reinforcement that we are all a part of the same, that we're all a piece of the human hologram, if you will, or or one body, and that what we each one of us do affects the whole, no matter whether it's good or whether it's bad, and so understanding that helps to me amplify the oneness in Christ also and the fact that we um, we just need to get to that point where we understand that we're complete and we complete one another, or we don't, as the case may be. This one of us affects the whole, I guess, is my point.
1: Mm-hmm. Good, good. Linda? Me? Yeah.
5: Um, I had a day this week, past week, that I was struggling. But at least I recognized it that day, rather than wallowing in it for months. Because mm-hmm. I had somebody say, oh, is this what you're really thinking? Help, got me back on the tracks, if you will.
1: Good. Good. That's good. In the room,
0: anybody. I'm I'm not saying we're going to do it perfect 100% of the time, because, you know, I'm still a work in progress, and so are you. And some of you are further down the road even than I am. But the more conscious awareness we have, the quicker we are to return to love. And that's what Linda just expressed. Someone said something to her, and she went, oh, back to love. Back to goodness, back to kindness. Paul even says, find that. Oh, back in verse 21, you know, since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, God is constantly revealing the truth. The Holy Spirit is constantly revealing Christ is Lord and what all of that means and the implications of that in our life and how we can live out of love. But when I go dark, when I go negative, then the manifestation of the awareness of that becomes a struggle. And we go back and forth, back and forth. Remember the movies or the cartoons where the devil would sit on one side and the angel would sit on the other side and you're going like this and you get whiplash? That's sometimes my dark days. But they are so much fewer and further between. I would hope after 30 years, my wife would agree with that, but I'm not going to ask her because I don't want it on the record.
2: (laughs) Well, what I was going to say is, you know, if you're, well, we go back to that scripture that tells us to, um, what things to think on, whatever's noble, whatever's true, et cetera, et cetera. uh, Because whatever we think about is going to be magnified. So if I'm thinking about, um, something terrible, or if I'm thinking about a person and I'm, I'm being critical and judgmental of it, that stuff's just going to magnify and that's how they're going to be around me. But if I said, if I'm looking at the goodness in a person, if I look at the good things and let that be my my thoughts, or even a situation, if I look at the positive, that's going to magnify and then that's what I'm going to see mm-hmm. rather than seeing all the, the negative, the dark. So again, we go back to our perspective. What am I looking for? What am I looking at? What am I focusing on?
3: Yeah.
1: It's good. Yeah. I'm yeah. Roy. So, oh. yeah. Derek, go ahead. Like Roy Richmond, you know, Roy Richman. He talks about believing and seeing. What you believe is what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. So to believe people are righteous and holy, you're gonna see that. Whether well, you're sin conscious or believe in that, yeah, whatever, you're gonna see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where your focus
0: goes, yeah. that's what you're gonna see back. You're gonna it's gonna replicate at a faster dimension in your life. If you look at uh, verses 28 through 31, Paul is basically saying. Quit stealing if you've in the past, as if you've been a thief in the past. Stop doing that and do some work with your hands. Uh, give generously. Don't use foul or abusive language. I got to tell you, you know, when I first started practicing law, I had worked in a prison before I started practicing law, and you know, every other word in the prison is a cuss word. Okay, and you just, you just. Becomes part of who you are because as a prison guard, you're around the inmates who are constantly doing that, and you absorb that into your culture in a sense. Well, I got to be a lawyer and I'm I'm doing mental health hearings uh, for the county. And this lawyer comes up to me one day and says, You know, you don't have to swear. I go, What do you mean? Because you're an educated person. You shouldn't be using cuss words and follow words. And I went, and it hit me like right between the eyes. And I went, oh, I don't need to use those words to communicate. And that's what Paul's telling us. We don't need to use those words to communicate. And he says, let everything you do be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. If you're you're in an environment where every other word is a cuss word and you're not cussing, people are going to take notice. If you're speaking goodness, people are going to take notice. If you're speaking encouragement, people are going to take notice. What's the purpose of prophecy? What are the it's edification, comfort, and encouragement? You start speaking edification, comfort, and encouragement outside these walls, and people are going to notice. And they're going to go, who are you? What's different about you? See, it's not, it's not the in-your-face evangelism that I grew up with, it's the, Ron, you really matter. You're, okay. an, you're an awesome guy. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and especially when I'm under your thumb on, on the massage table, you're really awesome.
1: <laughs> I don't know, everyone has the power of life and death. Yes. When it comes out of your mouth. Yes. Because you either speak life We speak that. There's no in-between. So, exactly. And that's, yeah. Verse 31.
0: Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ is forgiving you. That takes me understanding how loved I am that takes me understanding that I'm encouraged and empowered through the identity that I have that Christ has given me that I can do it too. If I'm co-seated with him, I'm co-resurrected with him, I'm co-buried, and I'm co-dead, co-died, co-died, co-buried, co-resurrected, co-ascended, and now seated with him, I'm empowered by him. And if I understand that, at a heart level, that it's because of who I am, he picked me. He picked you. Remember back in the healing room days, we one of the greatest statements that God ever gave me is, God didn't create junk. None of you are junk. None of you have ever been junk. None of you ever will be junk. But I can choose to live in the junkyard if I want to. But I'm not junk. So what choice do I really want to make? I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose awesomeness. That's not pride. He says I'm awesome. I say you're awesome. That's not pride. That's reality. That's truth. It becomes pride when I'm better than you are. It becomes division when I'm better than you are. It becomes destructive with, Stuart, you'll never get to where I am. That's the problem with 43,000 plus denominations. That's why we can't find unity. Because my doctrine is better than your doctrine. And I'm not cutting that one out. That's that's error. And anytime someone comes up to you and says, I don't know about you. We've been going down this road of grace. And that's, I just don't know. I think you're in trouble. Bless your heart. I'm moving on. I love you, but I'm not taking your doctrine as my doctrine. I'm not going to do it. It's too destructive. It, di- it divides and anything that divides is contrary to unity and if it's contrary to unity, the unity of faith, we need to abandon that. Now, let's let's put some parameters on it as i'm loving you that doesn't mean you get to be i get to be your punching bag okay you don't get to punch me out and expect me to stand there i'm going to love you but at that point i might love you from a distance until you have an awakening to who you are that's not the vision god didn't call me to be Greg's punching bag, because if he did, it would hurt. (laughs) He's so much bigger and stronger than I am. So I'm going to, I'm not going to sit there and be the punching bag, but I'm going to love him. Knowing that God's God's got his heart and God will change it. So I'm not going to be overt in saying, Greg, if you don't stop beating on me, you're going
3: to hell. I've
0: had people say that to me. I'm sure. But I don't need to say that because if I'm walking in love, I recognize Greg might have some issues. I can put a distance there, but still love. And here's the beauty. I mean, I think I said this a few weeks ago. Greg and I have been walking this path together for quite a while, uh, 20 plus years now. And there's times when there are certain, you know, we've never varied from, Christ is Lord, we've never varied from that in the love of God, but we have varied into exploring other things from time to time. And it's okay. It's okay. Because, you know, the centrality is Jesus is Lord and the love. And the, and the road of grace lets you explore some other things in the process as long as the centrality is is not lost. And that's pretty cool, I think. But the problem becomes if I take an exit to explore something and I start to cram it down Greg's throat, that's a problem.
3: The perspective has to be that I am sitting in the throne room and I look from up there. Give me that perspective, God, Yeah. that I can see what you see.
0: Yeah. And when God looks at all of us here today, what does he see?
5: He sees our potential.
0: Yes. And he sees what else? Love, love, and he sees what else. You're awesome, and he says, "I don't focus on the negativity. I focus on the positivity." So let me plug you into my 440 positive meter. You know, I I had I had a lady at the at the uh, nutritionist's office, the receptionist. I had her busting out laughing so hard on Friday. And I had to go back later and pick up a supplement. And I said to her, so what's this I hear about your your laughter meter is pegged? And she lost it. (laughs)
1: Well,
0: what am I doing when I'm I'm sharing things that make people laugh? Increasing their health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lifting burdens, increasing their health. Laughter is good like a medicine. I just think it's fun when they laugh. Because then I laugh and I get it. You know, I mean, but she she was so unexpected because uh, that's the first time I've showed that side of me at the nutritionist's office. And uh, she just, I mean, literally for five minutes in the morning, she's rolling around laughing. And in, in the afternoon, I kind of walk in the door and she starts to smile. And then when I say, what's this I hear about your, your laughter meter being pegged? And when she lost it, it was a good 30 seconds of laughter for her. That's sharing love. Because love is, you know, laughter is good like a medicine. That's just loving people. So, thoughts for anyone else? Thoughts? Because, you know, I think I beat up enough of Ephesians 4. But remember, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I just think that that takes conscious intentionality to do that. I'm just going to roll through my day like a pinball, hitting bumpers and shifting and having flippers send me flying. That's going to be hard to stay in a place of love. I have to be intentional about it. And I say, me, you have to decide for yourself. But I think Paul's encouraging us to be intentional about love. Paul Ellis says, the unconditional love of God appears to us as grace. Grace is love come down, and grace is the very essence of the gospel. So a gospel without grace is no gospel at all. A gospel without love is no gospel at all. A gospel of condemnation and judgment is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Either he was telling the truth when he says it's finished on an objective scale, or he wasn't. And if it's finished on an objective scale, then I get to appropriate it at a subjective level into my life as Holy Spirit brings it I, I, You know, I don't know about you guys, but when I started this journey exploring grace, I didn't sit down one morning and say, I'm going to look at grace. Holy Spirit snuck up on me and go, let's talk about grace. There's a huge difference. Because the reality is, if I had sat down that morning, grace never would have crossed my mind. Because I was immune to the understanding of it until the Holy Spirit opened the conversation. And that's the same with this concept of loving people, seeing Christ in them, loving them as as God loves them, looking at it from the perspective of seated in the heavenly places. It takes the Holy Spirit to open our eyes. And there isn't any one person in this room or online or watching later or listening later that is immune from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He will talk to us. And if you prefer in some circles, the pneuma translates female, so she will talk to us. It just depends on how you translate the word. And I just lost a third of the population with that comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there goes heist the heretic. Oh, I like that. Heist the heretic. That kind of fits, right? So, all right, last minute thoughts before we shut this down for the day.
5: You can operate in grace or with the love of Christ, even though you take a personal hurt. Mm -hmm. I've had a person who did me wrong, but my feeling is, is I need to encourage them by planting seeds of good things in their life and that will make them take notice because of how wrong they did me. But I can't walk in that. I have to walk in the love. Yes. And that's an intentional choice on my part.
0: Yes. What is it? that I think there's the verse where Alexander, the coppersmith has done me wrong. Paul was telling Timothy, I think it was Alexander, the coppersmith, but Paul goes, but I don't judge him. I leave that to God. Can we do that? That's that's the challenge because we've been programmed from such a young age to react to the woundedness that people send our way or the wounds they send our way. Yeah. Wow! Indeed. I'm looking at all of you and I see wheels turning. And I think it's time for me to shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna let you go home and ponder that. Next week we're going in a different direction. I'm not telling you what yet because I got two possibilities and I don't know which one yet. You know, when, when when Holy Spirit starts talking about multiple ways you could go, it's like, all right, I just have to wait till he says, that one's later, this one's now. And so that so come back next week with your expectation meters out, and we'll see where we go. All right, Papa, we love you. It is a glorious day. We are learning more and more and more about the ways of Christ, the love of Christ, who we are in Christ. And how we relate to each other, and how one day one can be down and the others can lift them up. And we are actually going to transform much more than we realize by walking in love. Thank you, Lord. Papa says, You're all awesome. You're all lovely. You're all, 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 all good. And he shares his
1: love with you today. Amen?
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Amen.